the Broken Twig Podcast with your hosts, Nobes and Hursty. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of the Broken Twig Podcast, presented by Vinyl Records from your friend at Campus Dicks. Here on the Broken Twig Podcast family, how's everybody doing on this beautiful weekend? Let's check in with the boys. Hursty, what's new? Well, first of all, uh, we got, in a few days, there's a very special day. It's actually Nob's birthday. Yeah. So. Well, well, forget that for now. Right now, I just want to th- tell me, what did you think of that RA impression? Like huh? from Spitting Chicklets? Well, um, it was decent, but I think... Yeah, I, I can improve on that. Need to improve a bit. I agree, I agree. I do need, I could have done a bit better there and stuff. feel like I got a bit and stuff. I didn't really do the lines right and stuff, but at least I tried. Oh, you know, at least I tried to be like them. If you want, you know what they say, if you want to be like the best, if you want, I mean, if you have to be the best, you have to be like the best. Yep. <laughs> Pretty sure that's the saying. It sounds right. Yeah, so it must be right. Exactly. Yeah, well, speaking of, oh, not speaking of, I don't know what I'm saying, not speaking of this news that I have to say has nothing to do with that, but whatever. Well, everybody, I just want to talk about how Toronto and Edmonton were named the hub cities. Finally have some news on that. That's good. Yeah. Well, apparently players didn't want to play in Vegas. So they had to pick two cities. And Toronto and Edmonton are great for that. And, you know, the conference finals and the Stanley Cup finals is going to be Edmonton. So for the first time ever, without Wayne Gretzky, Edmonton will have a cup in their city. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's good because that's another step towards the return to play. And that is really what we want here and stuff. And I pretty, I was pretty sure that Toronto would be named the hub city and stuff. There's a lot of talk about and stuff, but I wasn't sure. And I was thinking because it was rumored that Vegas was going to be the hub city, but it was never officially reported. And I did think that – there has been a lot of new cases in the USA, and especially in that sort of area, like the deserty southern area and stuff. So I didn't really know how they were going to stop any players from getting it there. So I agree with their decision to put both the hub cities in Canada. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, since it's like – it makes sense that it's in Toronto because Toronto's like – big hockey city and you know there's not really like home ice advantage because there's no fans so I guess the only teams that would have home ice advantage in quotations would be the Panthers and the Coyotes yeah they're used to it there yeah except both those teams are probably going to lose in the first round anyways yeah that's true but I am like excited for this and stuff because it the more progress they have to it, the quicker it'll happen. And really, I just want to have the playoffs and stuff, which I think is good and uh, good. And they'll make a lot of money for the league and stuff. And, yeah, I feel like this is just a big step in that direction. And what we want right now is steps in the right direction. Yeah. It's but- good. The problem is I just don't really see is in Toronto one of the main things about it is that has a lot of hotels and stuff. So there will be a lot of places where people can stay, where the players can stay and stuff and in the bunk. The thing is, if one player gets it, that'll spread through the entire team. Uh, what will the what will the Leafs do? If, for example, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Turk. If seven players on one team have it, how's that team gonna play? Are they just gonna use all backups and stuff? I don't really know, and I feel like that's kind of unfair, but I don't really know what they're going to be able to do if that many people on one team get it. Well, yeah, especially for, like, the Leafs. Even if it's just Matthews, I think without Matthews, they could lose to Columbus 
And well, I feel like Matthews, Matthews should be back before the playoffs because he yeah, had – it's be. really two weeks and you're fine. So, But he could – There's. it's unlikely, but there's a chance that he comes back and he has to have, like some breathing issues for, for a bit and he's unable to play, which there's been people who have come back with like – like airish, like breathing issues and stuff, and that would be like really bad for a hockey player because he wouldn't be yeah. able to play hockey. It could be permanent if it's permanent. I don't know how we. Could we if it's permanent, plan? if it's permanent, the Leafs fans would storm Gary Bettman's house and burn it down. Yeah. No, and. I would lead the charge. You like that's kind of unfortunate, and there. Probably is some players that don't want to play. There has been a lot of players that have commented saying that they might not want to play, or a lot of players might not want to play, and stuff like that. And that could be an issue too. If a lot of players just don't play, then that would open up the discussion of is it like not really best of this? Because I'm one of the people that's saying like if you think that these players should have an asterisk in it, then you're just wrong. Thing is, but what if a whole bunch of players just don't play then? Then would it still then would there be an asterisk? What if half a team decides that it's too risky and they don't want to play? Feel like that? Yeah, because you know Montreal Canadiens are going to be like, oh, it's too risky. I don't think we should play. We'll just take the loss. You guys can have it. Yeah. yeah. I Hopefully, think- now we, because of that noble thing that we did, you know, give us more better odds for the for Lafreniere. Yeah. Uh, well, there probably will be teams who back out, and there might be a team who backs out just for the sake of getting Lafreniere. Like, obviously, Claude. Well, I don't think that any team would tank. Teams are way too competitive, dude. And then something I don't really think the team would tank. But what I'm saying is, for example, if um, if I don't know if players would want to play, it's a really big bubble, and is it really worth it? I know that you're making millions of dollars. But most players have already received their salary. The only thing that they'd be getting is playoff bonuses. So they'd have to be in their family for a month. They'd probably still be at pretty big risk of getting it and stuff. And especially a player, for example, like Max Domi, who has type 1 diabetes. That could be more dangerous for him. Or other players like that who have issues. Luke I think, has diabetes too. Hell? I think Luke Kunin has diabetes. Yeah. I think he does too. There's a lot of players that have issues like that that could be bad and stuff. And if so, if a team they have, let's say they have three of their players that are the regulars that decide to back up, then maybe there's a there happens to be an outbreak on their team. Someone decides to break the bubble, gets it, or maybe there's just like a worker that they get it from. Then all of a sudden, and seven players. Get it? Then all of a sudden, there's ten players that are normally in your lineup that aren't, and I just don't really see how a team can compete like that. And I feel like that would be a very shitty way yeah. to get knocked out in the playoffs. It's it's still like very it's kind of dangerous because if a full team gets sick, and let's say it takes them longer than it takes them a or they come back with full, like a bunch of players come back with breathing issues, like let's say like 10 different players, then those players' careers are done. Like they're they're done and it's it's like a risk they well, I don't know. I feel like there could – I don't really know, but I feel like there is some people that have played with asthma. Yeah, it's true, but like it'll be harder for them to play. Like I yeah. – my. That's not my point. My point is that, like, there's going to be players that will not want to play because in the, in the like, greater good, there's going to be – they're not able to play next year maybe. Or because it's very risky to have everyone playing. It's much safer to just not do the – as much as I want the playoffs to happen, it's probably safer if they don't happen and they just start a new season in October – or November, and then do like a full 82-game schedule, but a bit condensed. No, I was saying about the NHLers with asthma, Brett Pesci actually does have asthma, and he is a pretty big piece on that Carolina blue line. So 
he is a notable player with it. And there's probably, because mild asthma is pretty common. So there probably is a few other players that just have, that have asthma or something that could be bad for them. But then, again, that also says that if an NHL ends up with breathing problems or something, they don't necessarily have to just retire. It's just that they probably have to have an inhaler on the bench and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, with the Pesci, it's like, it's future leaf Brett Pesci has asthma. You, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it also seems like it's like the play in is they, it's, they're doing it for money. Like they need the money. Like apparently next, there could be net over the next few years, next three years, the salary cap could stay the same, which would screw over half the league. So yeah, it would be really bad and stuff. And yeah, it, this COVID nineteen thing's really messing up all everyone's schedule. Because people always joke about, like, talk about how the Leafs. Oh, they're so salary cap strapped. They need so much money. Well, they don't. They easily manipulate the cap. But there's other teams like that who are more screwed. Like Arizona, they're so close to the cap right now. If it were to stay the same over the next three years, they, there would need to be a certain rule in place to help out teams like that because they would be completely screwed. They wouldn't be able to sign any new players. Well, the Leafs actually have, 95, have a $95 million cap hit. So, but yeah. when the cap, but that's just because of all the LTI. But you're right, there is a lot of teams. If I'm looking, at this, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, eighteen teams have oh, have eighty million or more in, of a cap hit, and and even more. I think uh, not twenty of them have less than two million in cap space. So. But I feel like a lot of that cap space, though, could just be free agents and stuff like that, or just guys that they could easily put on the LTIR. But still, that really is a big problem. And I feel like because there also is a lot of teams that were most likely expecting the cap to go up, so they signed players to big extension, thinking that they'd have more cap room. But then it doesn't. Now they're forced to let go of, of key players that just because of this. Yeah, like if this would have if this would have happened last year, the Leafs wouldn't be paying. They like over the last year, they've uh, committed to paying over the next like few years per year. They've committed to playing over twenty five million per year with the big contracts of Matthews, Marner, and Muzzin, and Nylander. So that's like thirty million, over thirty million they're paying over the next few years. Plus, they have to sign Mikheyev, Dermot, possibly Clifford. Um, and next year, they have to sign Riley, Hyman, possibly Anderson. Like, all these contracts, how the hell are they going to afford it if the cap stays the exact same? Like, this year, it was supposed to go up to 83 point something, I think. No, it was supposed to go from, I think it was 83 and a half to 86 million, which is a pretty big difference, especially because most people project most people are projecting that it would go to around 85 million. So that's about two and a half million dollar increase. Yeah, and instead it's uh staying the same for the next three years, possibly decreasing. Yeah. Well, I feel like those some teams may be able to benefit off this. For example, teams like the Devils, Senators, and Hoblins that have Red a lot of cap space, they could benefit by this by taking players that are more that are paid that are a bit overpaid or just are paid and stuff that other teams have to get rid of because of the cap staying the same. And they could just scoop them up for bait for not that much and stuff. And they could really yeah. take advantage of the situation, which teams would like, be really smart. Teams like the Red Wings Habs could just take the half the Canucks forwards and get uh, like a few high picks with it because obviously if you're going to give up a bunch of players like that like the Leafs had to give up Patrick when they gave up Patrick Marlowe to the Kings they had to give up a first round pick which obviously could actually go back to the Leafs 
which means no, but there could also be players like, for example, in Tampa, like Tyler Johnson and stuff that are that are maybe a bit overpaid, but they don't really have negative value. But a team can get them for like the sixth round pick or something, just because Tampa suddenly also offload a lot of salary just to make things work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why. Right. So, so yeah. So I feel like if you're, for example. If I am Pierre Dorian right now, or Tom Fitzgerald, or Joe Sackett, and I see this, then I'd, I'd be picking up the phone, I'd be calling all team, saying, do you have any contracts that you need to offload? We can take them from you and just see how little you can give up for them. All of a sudden, great, you have another forward piece that could play, that could play in your middle six. You have another def- serviceable minute-eating defenseman. Like, this a lot of this is a really good situation for some teams and a really bad situation for other teams, just depending on your on your cap yeah. position. Yeah, I could see like a Cody CC for McCarr and McKinnon trade, like that would happen. Obviously, yeah. the Avs would probably have to add in something else because CC's, you know, he's a generational talent. But yeah, I know yeah, something like that could happen. Mm-hmm. Like for example, if the Leafs need offload CC's contract, they might have to. They might only be able to get a fir- two first instead of five first. Like they should be able to be getting for a generational talent like him. Exactly, and same with Martin Marincin. Like I can only see them getting seven first round picks for him now instead of what used to be thirteen. It's yeah, that's that's very true. Mm-hmm. Gotta make sure. That we sign Ilya Mikheyev. If we don't sign Ilya Mikheyev, I'm no longer a Leafs fan. I'm an Ilya Mikheyev fan and whatever team he's on. Yeah. Just got to follow around your favorite player. I would actually be so angry if the Leafs didn't get Dermot or Mikheyev because of this. Yeah. So, like, so <laughs> it's funny because no, the Sharks. This is the thing is the Leafs. Their blue line is crowded. Not that it's like they have a lot of good players. It's just because I feel like the Leafs have a lot of bottom three players. They have so many players that could play in the bottom pair or maybe slot onto the second pair with another good defenseman. And they have so many defensemen like that. Saying, you know, they were, there's probably, I would say at least one of those defensemen should be able to step up and play in a top four role. They need to figure out. Because they're defensemen, on on their thing, they're so they're gonna have all this third pairing defensemen. They're gonna have like Dermot, Marincin, Rosen, Sandin, Lilligren, Ledman, Dermot. I'm pretty sure I already said, but more. But they have a lot of players that are gone. So they need to figure it out. And I feel like they should wait until camp, see who can. Who plays well in camp? Who can make the team? Who can make the difference? Then ever, and then the people that can't, the people that end up maybe getting sent down and, and stuff like that, or not being on the craft the line, it's just trade. Because I feel like Dermot, his future, I feel like they shouldn't trade him in the offseason, and they should wait until after camp and see how he does, how much progress he made in the summer. If he made a lot of progress, great. Well, he is an RFA, though. That is something. Yeah, I'm so dumb. He's an RFA. What I mean is maybe sign him to a one-year deal or something. And with a one-year deal, maybe for cheap, so in like a one-year, $1 million deal, see if he can make the team out of camp and stuff. If he can't, if he doesn't make any progress and stuff, then just trade him away. But you have to see what he does. And then, for example, Lilligren, I feel like if he cannot crack the top six at the end of his offseason, a lot of people will be labeling him as a bust which is not what they want, and I feel like he is another player that really needs to crack this lineup if he wants to survive on the Leafs. Well, yeah. With Lilligren, though, I think Lilligren could be a piece that gets moved for a defenseman in the offseason, along with some other assets. And a player like Dermot, uh, Dermot uh, is someone I really believe in. I think the uh, surgery last year really set him back in not everyone can Zach Hyman it and come back from surgery and have a career year. With Dermot, I think he will he will take the top top four defenseman role this year. I think he'll score over 30 or 35 points. I think he'll get around 40, 40, 50 points this year. 
And I think he breaks out and emerges as like a solid top four defenseman. Yeah, and that would be really good. But then they need, they, like I said, they need to figure out who can crack it. Because most, and then a lot of people are saying that they might even try and get another defenseman free agency. So, assuming that Barry and Cece will leave, which they most likely will, they're top, they have Riley, Muzzin, and Hall in the top three, and then the rest they need to figure out because the rest is just up in, I don't know what's the word, but it's like sort of up in flames as to who's going to get it, who's going to emerge and stuff. Because they also have other players like Kevin Gravel and Martin Marinch and stuff who have played a few games, have gone called up and stuff, who if they take a step in the offseason, could become third-tearing defenseman, though it's pretty unlikely. Yeah, and with Dermot, though, it's like he, you sign him to a one-year deal, he gets 50 points, let's say, and then it just brings back the old issue of, oh, you're screwed, you, the cap, you can't sign him because he's going to want like $4 million and you can't give him that because you don't have $4 million available. You don't have $1 million available. Yeah. Because this is a problem that could happen. It could turn from least unknown on the blue line to too many people on the blue line because they draft so many people for it, and then all of a sudden they have way too many of them. Well, there's never you can never really have too many because you can always move them or just keep them in the minors as a depth piece. No, but do you really want to send Lilligren to the minors? Or do you really want to send... Because Lennon, I feel like if Lennon can't make the team and aim right away it, in the first few weeks, he'll pro- if I was him, I'd just go back to Finland, go back and play in the KHL and stuff. Because he came here to play in the NHL, to be an NHL, to play in the greatest league in the world. And if he can't do that, he might as well just go back to the league that he was in before, where he was a successful player and the best defenseman in that. Well, yeah, I think... Uh, Lettinen will crack the team, and if anything, if I think we might have to move Lilligren for someone like Pesci or Spurgeon if we want them. But you know, it's real. Like if Lilligren doesn't get traded, he'll like for himself. He'll need to make the roster, or else he'll become like Bracco, never just career minor leaguer possibly. Yeah. That's Bracco. That's another issue for another time to talk about. Before we go on to the next topic, I would like to say that, as I mentioned in the intro, this episode is sponsored by Campus Discs. If you live in or around the GTA and you want to buy or sell vinyl records, CDs, DVDs, other stuff like that, I don't really know all the old stuff, he mostly... Campus Disc mostly deals in vinyl, but they have other stuff he can do too. And if you live in around the GTA and want to do any of that, contact him at Campus Disc on Facebook or Instagram. So, yeah. Now that, and also, on another side con topic, I would like to thank everybody for listening to this podcast. You really have done it. I really like how much you've risen this podcast. Right now, currently, we are ranked 108th on the Apple Podcast for hockey, on Apple Podcast for hockey podcasts in Canada. We are ranked 108th, and we are ahead of podcasts from Sportsnet, The Athletic, NBC, other great networks like that, and we are just ahead of it and stuff. And I would really like to thank all of you for doing this. Yeah, it's very cool. We first started yeah. this podcast for fun, and it's already growing pretty fast, actually. Yeah, I know. I think yesterday we were actually in the top 100, but we fell a bit. So that's really amazing and stuff. Soon soon we'll be competing for number one. Yeah. yeah well, I think our goal should be in two weeks. I think we should make it to 69th at least. Mm-hmm. Let's see, who is 69th right now? Let's see who's stealing the spot that we should be at. Stealing our thunder. Yeah. Who is out here stealing? Second. We got to get the Marinches. 69th. It's the Hockey Podcast Network by the Hockey Podcast Network. So let's see these these idiots that are stealing all of our spots. So it looks like this, like ours, is an independent podcast, which uh, you really do love to see because that's really what you 
want is it is an independent podcast and what you want is you want because podcasting what it's the beauty of it is that you can basically do it from your own home but the thing is like a lot of the podcasts that are run by companies so they are good but it's always good to see a little independent podcast starting off all by themselves with not that much money succeed like that so it is real it is pretty nice even if they are stealing our spot yeah well um, next uh, so i would like to talk about the new cba and what it entails okay go ahead yeah well well, the CBA, basically, if you don't know what that is, it's the collective bargaining agreement. It's basically an agreement between the NHL and the NHL Players Association about stuff about like escrow, salary, salary cap, and other stuff like that. And there is a new one that's been proposed. And if it doesn't get approved, there could be a lockout soon. So basically what this new one entails is that it, it – and introduce a cap on escrow and and yeah among other things yeah well it's they're closing according to an article on the score they are closing in on a new six-year agreement yeah well these are these are this is actually the full list of things so these are the full list of modifications. So it's no move and no trade clauses. Now travel with a player who agreed to lift one. Um, players are age 35 and older can sign multi-year deals that are ascending and there'll be no cap hit if they retire. Because before, if a player retired and they still had cap left, then the team would still have to pay until the end of their contract or at least uh, less. And, now there are no more conditional picks and trades based on the player re-signing with the acquiring team. For example, the de- in the the Devils, like the Taylor Hall trade, part of it was that the Devils would get a third liner if Taylor Hall signed. I mean, the, uh, I can't speak. To it. So part of it was that the Devils would get a third rounder if Taylor Hall re-signed with the Coyotes, but now. Under the new CBA, if it gets approved, that would no longer be possible. Yeah, also, there's the salary cap upper limit is froze, will be frozen at $81.5 million until hockey-related revenue hits $4.8 billion, which was the actual projected amount for the current season before the, the pandemic shut down the season. So, yeah. And... Yes, and, as, and also uh, some great news, which would lead into some other stuff. NHLers will, will, will part. Geez, I can't speak either today. My God. Will participate in the 2022 Beijing and 2026 Milan Olympics pending agreement with the IOC, which is yeah, very good. That's really good and stuff. And that is really big because one of the things that I love about the Olympics is watching the NHL and stuff like I really feel like Crosby would not be considered as great as he is today if he had not scored that golden goal at the 2010 Olympics the Olympics can lift players to start up for example in 2014 Harry Price in that Olympics he was lights up uh, he was amazing and stuff and I feel like that's peak Harry Price 2014 2014 15 stuff it really the Olympics, it really gives us a lot of great hockey memories. And I really like this decision. Yeah, I remember 2010, I was in your basement with your family and my family. And then Sidney Crosby scored and everyone freaked out. And I was kind of just confused because I, yeah, I know I was only I was only four at that time. But yeah, I, was confused. I don't really I remember it. But... I didn't know what was going on. And then. Everyone just jumped up and started screaming. And now looking back on it, I wish I would have known what was actually happening because... Yeah, that's basically our our generation's version of the Paul Henderson goal in the 1972 Summit Series or the Gretzky to Lemieux goal in the 1989 Canada Cup. It's an iconic goal that defines our generation. So, and soon maybe there will be another one. 
Well, recently the most iconic thing to come out of the World Juniors Olympics was that I remember as Leas Anderson chucking his medal into the stands. Yeah. I'm always going to remember that. Yeah, I know. I remember when that happened, stuff. So. And, and then Aaron was questioning his lead because he was the captain on that team, too. Yeah. And now, basically, he, he is not even playing for the Rangers. He's refusing to play. So, mm-hmm. good for him. Yeah. Well, something that I do want to talk about, it, it, this has been something that's been coming up a lot, and it has been an argument that's been happening. But would Cross, do you think Crosby will play at the 2026 Olympics? Now, obviously, this is pretty funny future but a lot of people are discussing it and it is a pretty interesting question well i'm not sure i really hope he does because that would be really cool to see a team with first line center as crosby or mcdavid and second line center as the other and that would be great or have them on the same line seeing it's like the handing of the baton so yeah. well, I'm, well, that will be able to happen in 2022. But the thing is, in the 20, it, when the 2026 Olympics happen, Sidney Crosby would be 39 years old, which is pretty old. Who knows if he's still maybe playing hockey? Then he could have already retired and stuff. Uh, and I don't really know if he will be able to, because no one knows he may suddenly fall off, or he may still be putting up amazing 90-point seasons by then. Yeah, by that, like, if he did decide to still play, a great thing to end his career off would be by winning a gold medal in the Olympics. Yeah, but what if he's not good enough? Like, what if he age has really caught up to him? Because 39 is pretty old in sports, so I don't yeah, really... Yeah, look at Yarmir Yager. Look at Jumbo Joe. Zidane yeah, but Joe. not everyone can be Yager. And Jumbo Joe, he's around that age. He's not an Olympic quality player, so do you know if who says Crosby will still be? Because when Jumbo Joe was around that age and stuff, he he was still putting up numbers like Crosby. Though obviously Crosby plays a different type of style, though. But like still, that was six years ago. Around then, he was putting up around sixty to seventy points. So. Not really as good as Crosby is. And let's say Crosby is better defensively than him. But still, do you think that Crosby will still be good enough for it then? Well, I'm not sure. But I think no matter what, you take him on the team, maybe as like a sub, just because you want him. Like a great thing, even if he doesn't start, like it would still be cool for him to end his career with the gold medal. Like first line center McDavid with Marner and – who knows? Well, a line that, uh, that I've seen that would be interesting, I know we're not really talking about this now, but a line that would be interesting that I think would be good, would it would be McDavid, McKinnon, and Barzell. This is all out speed line. They would just blazer, skate circles around everybody and stuff. Then most likely in the 2022 Olympics, Crosby will be playing with Bergeron and Marchand his line mates from the 2016 World Cup, which he dominated with them. Yeah, the World Cup of Hockey. I don't think that's ever going to happen again, but it was, I actually went to some of those games. Well, actually, another thing that I would like to point out is that in the 2014 Olympics, Joe Thornton did not play in them. And back then in the 2014 Olympics, Olympics, he was 34, which is a bit older than Crosby is, but still, he did not plan that, which really tells me that Crosby, I feel like Crosby should still play on the 20. So I feel like the comparison between Crosby and Jumbo Joe is a bit not, isn't really that good. Yeah, because Crosby is Sidney Crosby. So, you know, he's one of the greats of this generation. He's probably the greatest of all time in the past 30 years or something. Yeah, the greatest, yeah like he's the greatest of our generation. So, yeah. so I feel like even if he's not good enough to play, even if he falls off at 39 years old, he should at least make the team as a sub just for the locker room and stuff, just to be a leader and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like the argument is that, yes, 
he should play in the 2026 Olympics. And I also think in the Olympics, they should, if possible, they should add like a young stars team. No, but that's not what the Olympics is. The Olympics is competing for your country. That's a, and I really, the World Cup thing, I really did not like that stuff. And I really feel like that's way too gimmicky. And I, there's something that I wouldn't like to see from the World Cup is, if you don't know, you might follow him on Instagram, but it's Puck Empire. He came up with the concept. I think it's really good. And it's a World Cup similar to the soccer, soccer's FIFA World Cup, where it's the top 64 ranked teams according to the IIHF. And they're all – it's for 2021. So it's, there's 16 groups, three teams for – per group and each team plays each other twice. They play every other team in your group twice. And the top two records in each group advance. And then it's and then after that it's basically one game elimination similar and very similar to the FIFA World Cup, which is very popular. Yeah, well what I what I meant by like a young team is you get like a bunch of like for each country, it's kind of similar to the world juniors. You get like a bunch of like young players, and you put them with like a few veterans, like like two veterans on each team, and that would be kind of cool to see. Like a tournament with just like 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 Sidney Crosby would be on a team filled with like U twenty four players, and then for America it would be Patrick Kane leading a team of U twenty four, like that would be really cool, in mm -hmm. my opinion. I don't really know if I like that. And I feel like World Cup, it's not, World Cup should, is country. That's more of like a tournament thing. But that's not what a World Cup is. A World Cup is you're playing for your country. That's why it's like World Cup. So my, so I don't really like that idea of that sort of thing. I just feel, I don't know. I just feel like it's a dumb idea and you shouldn't have said it, but. Well. It couldn't be as dumb as your birth. Boom. Speaking of my birth, guess what's happening in three days or two days from when this episode comes out? It's, it's your my, the anniversary of when I was adopted. No, I'm just kidding. It's my birthday. Birthday boy coming soon. And speaking of that, so if you don't know, me and Hursty are cousins. And because of that, I organized a little special something for him because of this. He doesn't know what it is yet, but the reveal. So what I did was I made a quiz about me, 20 questions about my life. It gets harder as it goes on. Let's see how you do. All right, right now? Yeah, let's see how you can do. Let's see if you really know me. It starts off really easy, then it gets harder as it goes. You want me to click the link? No, I got it. I got it. All right, let's start with number one. What podcast do I co-host with my cousin? Oh, that's a tough one. I'd have to go with the Martin Marinchin podcast. I'm just kidding. The Broken Twig podcast. Yeah. Surprised about that one. All right next, what hockey team do I play for? That would be... North York Knights, I think. Nice one. All right, you're really getting it. Only two questions left. Okay, what's my favorite color? <laughs> Ilya Mikheyev. Is that your final answer? Um, I'm going to go with blue, I think. Correct. No, I need to get some Jeopardy music. It's probably copyrighted, but whatever. I don't care. Let's get some Jeopardy music up, and then when your answer... Okay, so let's start. What's my middle name? What's my middle name? I don't remember. Uh, Simone. Simon? <laughs> yes, but Simone. That's correct. That's four. Right, next. Who's my favorite NHL player? Mitch Marner. Correct. Nice. What was the first NHL team I cheered for? Um, I would have to guess the Sens because of your dad. 
Yeah, that's true. I did actually cheer for the Suns until the age of four because, fun fact, most of my my dad is from Ottawa, and he, my brother, and my sister cheer for the Suns along with half of my family. So I actually did originally like the Suns before I saw the light and decided to go to go away from the dark side. All right, next, what number am I in hockey? Ooh, uh, I'd have to go with 77 right now, but he used to be seven. Yeah, that's true. Correct. Well, you're really doing well on this. See how good you do when you get to the hard questions, though. All right. What was the first NHL game I ever saw live? And you have to name both. You have to say what were the teams and bonus points if you can say what arena it was at. Um, I'm going to guess Leaf Sends Canadian Tire Center. Wow. Is this correct? Yeah, you're doing really well. Wow, I was, yeah, so I was, a fun story about that game. I was pretty young then. I don't remember. It was probably in like 2014 or something. It was in Ottawa. I went there and the Leafs won in shootout. I remember they were winning. Then the Sens came back and then, I forget who. It was like a while ago. I think Bozak. He just spin a Ram a goal to win it and shoot out. And I went crazy after while everyone else was mad because the Sens lost again. <laughs> That's funny because my first NHL game that I remember was also against Ottawa. And it was preseason. And I remember it was a 5-1 Leafs win. And everyone was chanting Elliot for Brian Elliott. And yeah, it was a pretty great game. Yeah. All right. Well, now this is the questions are starting to get harder now. What's my second favorite NHL team? I have to go with the Boston Bruins. No. Um, Suck. Hmm. No. I'm going to guess it's a Western Conference team. Hey, you already said your answer. That was a joke. Okay, fine. Just like you. All right, go. Uh, I'm going to have to guess this is in the Western Conference. Maybe another Canadian team. Maybe Calgary. And... Oh. Habs? No, no, not the Habs. No, it's Habs. the Colorado Avalanche. I, I really just said that. Because a few said, years ah. ago I said that they're going to be really good, and then they end up being really good, and then I was right. And now I think that they're – if. And now I, there's my second favorite team. Just like them, they're young. They right? Also a bandwagon. What? Nothing. Yeah, yeah, nothing, huh, huh? All right, you're lucky that I chose not to hear. All right, next, where did I go to preschool? Somewhere in Toronto. But where? Avondale, maybe? No. And went to preschool at Temple Sinai Preschool. Learned, yeah. I, that's where I learned Jewishness. Good job. Hey, another Jewish question. When was my bar mitzvah? Just say the date. You don't need to say the year or anything. Just say what date. Just say the day and the month. Um... Maybe uh, nobody cares in 2019. Gonna have to go with that. And wrong again. Wow, you're really on streak three in a row. Wrong. Starting off strong, but now you're blazing out. Sort of like the Leafs in 2013. Oh, God, I'm blowing the lead. I'm blowing yeah. a 4 1 lead. All right, next. This is a really hard, this is probably like the hardest one. What was my bar mitzvah portion? Hmm. Numbers, maybe. Okay. That's I'll, I'll, that's a half mark, but I'll, if you can name the exact portion, I'll give you a full mark. Okay. I don't. I don't know. Like numbers eight six. Eight six maybe I don't know. Does that mean no. anything? No, 
I'll, I'll give you a half mark for that. But no, that was, my portion, I remember, it was Nassau numbers 6-1 to, I don't know, 6, like, 10 or something. But yeah, I'll give you, that was, uh, that question was probably the hardest. But next, who's my favorite NBA player? Ooh. See, it's a competition between Spicy P, Thick Boy Lowry, and Fred Van Vliet. I'm going to have to go with Thick Boy Lowry. Correct. Lowry's my favorite player. I really like how he hustles and stuff. He always tries. Some may say he's a flopper. I do say he's a flopper. But I just really like how he just tries. His hustle, like, you can tell he wants to win. That's the type. And his just defensive ability, like, that's the type of player that I like. A play, someone that's responsible defensively. I take a Kyle Lowry any day over a player that doesn't play defense and just, like, shoots, doesn't pass and stuff. Uh, yeah, Lowry. I just really like no, him. No, Russell Westbrook. <laughs> well, well Westbrook just... gets a lot of assists, so he must be a good passer. True, true. Okay, next one. What? Let's see if you can remember my house layout. What hockey player do I have a poster of in my room? Oh, I know you have those goalie masks. I remember seeing a poster with an autograph on it. Is that what you're talking about? Well, you think I have a poster specifically with one player on it. Do I need to play the Jeopardy music? No, I would have to guess it's either Matthews or Marner, probably. Pick one. I'll go with Matthews because I know Marner's your favorite player, but I guess Matthews. Like a trick. Correct. Oh, doing pretty well. It is Matthews, actually. I have a poster of in my room. It's not, it's, he doesn't have his mustache in it because I got a bit of a while ago. But yeah, that's good. Right. Do you want to know your score now before I move on to the next one? Um, you give me my score at the end. All right. Next one. This is a tough one. How old was I when I was born? <laughs> I don't know what I say. Do I say zero? Do I say. How I guess... old was I when I was born? It's a tough question. I'm going to have to go with zero. Yeah, nice one. Zero that was a toughie. Decided to throw in a bit of an easy one there just to give you a little break. All right, let's see. By the way, if you don't do well in this quiz, I'm disowning you as part of my, our family. But next, what do I want to be when I grow up? You should know this. Oh, yeah, you just told me a few days ago you want to be like a hockey writer or an analyst kind of person. Correct. That is what I want to be. I think it would be a cool career. Do I already starting it off as co-host and social media manager of this podcast? Right next, what's my favorite movie? That's the sound that he doesn't know it. Well, I it, it might be a sports movie. Is it a sports movie? Can't answer that. Um, the deep, is it like, I, I think it's maybe like, remember the Titans, Miracle or Mighty Ducks, but Mighty Ducks, like not really. It's Deeply one. flawed movie, the Mighty Ducks. I'm going to guess Miracle. And it's actually, it's a bit of an old movie, mine. It's called The Naked Gun. I think it was from like the 80s. Oh, Just I'm really not- funny. Like it's one of those movies that, that even though it's old, it's still just as funny. I'd say it's a classic. It's, yeah, really liked it. Was laughing the entire time. All right. All right. Yeah. So you want to the next? All right. This one, what was the first pet I ever had? This is a trick question. I don't think you ever had a pet. Is that your final answer? My final answer was your little brother. And actually, briefly had a fish for like a month. It was family. It was called Blue Jay, but the J was just a J. I forget what kind of fish it was, but yeah, I had it. But that's not all right. Next one. See if you can remember what I look like. What color are my eyes? 
and everybody just listening the video is off on this zoom call so he can't just check but he needs to know what color are my eyes green or hazel I'll you go need to pick one color i'll go with hazel and they're blue how do you not know that come on damn it well my eyes are blue so i thought like your sister's eyes are all right last What's my favorite anime show? Trick question. All anime is garbage. Is that your final answer? Yes. Yeah, correct. I thought I would get you with that, but yeah, I don't watch anime. Neither do I. I don't really, yeah. Well, I don't really think it's fair to say all anime is garbage. I really don't think that anime is garbage. I just think it's the people that watch it are garbage. Because everyone that watches anime, it's like it's sort of like a personality, you know? Yeah. Well, we just lost ten viewers. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, if you watch anime, it's not everybody. It's just most people, you know. It's sort of like a thing where even though some most people, some people may not do, just that most of the people that do it are if, this type of person. So. If you're listening to our podcast and you like anime, just think of it this way: everyone who likes anime is garbage, but you. All right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, I'm sure there's some perfectly normal people that own white vans, but then again, if, you, if I see someone with a white van, I'm instantly thinking, oh no, I should not be with this person. Well, I guess we can no longer hang out then. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Okay, well, now, now that we're done, do you want to know your final score? Sure. Final score out of 20 is, drum roll please. 13 and a half out of 20. Yeah, that's a perfect number. That's my lucky number. 13 and a half? Yeah, well, 13, not 13 and a half. 13 oh. and well, you know, you got 67.5%. So you did oh, do better God. than your average in school. I got a 67%? 67. Obviously. Yeah, well, I don't really know if I can have a podcast with you if you know this little about me. This was a trick. It was automatically going to be 67%. Trying to embarrass me as a Leafs fan. Yeah. Well, at least it was higher than your average in school. Oh, damn. That's that's a hard one. That's double my average in school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, 67. I don't have a sound effect ready, but... You're well, starting off strong. You got the first eight questions right, but then when you got to the harder ones, you just failed. Well, it's yeah. unfortunate, but you know, whatever. Yeah. But, All I need to know is you're a Leafs fan. I'm a Leafs fan. So, yeah, good. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, no, you don't really. Uh, I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna post this quiz on their Instagram, see if anyone can do better than you, and maybe if anyone does better than you, they can get like a shout out or something on the next episode. Okay. But I'll post it like today or something, and then and then we'll post this episode tomorrow, and then let's see if anyone can get better than you. We'll see. Yeah. I don't even know if your brother could do better than me. Yeah. No, well, actually, no. He was there when I made this quiz, so he probably could. Oh. Yeah. Told him to go out because I wanted him to be surprised, but then he, he just insists on doing it. So, yeah. All right. Well, 60 Well, I think that what really killed you in this quiz is there's two times where you got three answers wrong, so. Well. And then there's a bunch of times you just were getting a whole bunch in a row. I feel like you're just way too streaky. Mm. I love streaking. You do. <laughs> you really well, do. Anyways, uh, back to hockey. Uh, well, not hockey, actually. Breaking news outside of hockey. Uh, some Joey Chestnut has won another hot dog eating competition and now makes it He's won 13 of the last 14 years, so congratulations to him, Mr. Hot Dog, I guess. <laughs> hey, kids, do you up from Phil Castle? 
Oh, damn it. Yeah, I would love to see a hot dog off between Kessel and Joey Chestnut. Mm-hmm. Out of the cup, though. Well, there is something that I would like to talk about, and I'm very disappointed. It's Sam Cosentino, Sportsnet's head scout, NHL in, um, 2020 NHL mock draft. And I feel like this guy, after reading this, does not garbage. deserve to work in hockey. So it's, yeah, it was garbage. Where was Lucas Raymond? How first of all, so is, it was first overall, Alexi Lafreniere. Second, Tim Stutzla. Third, Quentin Byfield. Perfect okay, so fine so far. I put Byfield ahead of Stutzla, but that's fine. Not, then, not for like fourth, Kelly, though. Cole Perfetti. Fourth, Cole Perfetti, everybody. Think of that. Fifth. Jake Sanderson. So Jake Sanderson. Then six, Jamie Drysdale. So now, Jake when we Sanderson get fifth, ahead of Jamie Drysdale. When we get to the fifth overall pick, you might think, where the hell is Raymond? Where's Rossi? Where's Drysdale? Well, next, after that, after Jamie Drysdale, after that horror, then it's Marco Rossi, seven. That's not bad. I've seen him there before. Then Alexander Holtz. First of all, put, you put Cole Perfetti at number four. You you put Jake Sanderson ahead of Drysdale, and you put Holtz ahead of Raymond. All right? Are you okay? Are you okay in the head? Well, that's not as bad as the the ranking, the NHL.com ranking the top 15 defensemen in the playing round. Rabbits, I don't know. On, Rabbits on crack could have had a better list than that. <laughs> well, I don't know. He did put Jake Sanderson ahead of Jamie Drysdale, so. That's true, but maybe that I don't, I don't. I just no. I like the first three. I agree with in terms of need. Stutzla fits much better on LA than Byfield, but yeah, I just I'm not sure. Yeah, it's I don't know. Was he like? on the toilet making that list and just didn't pay attention, randomly clicked a bunch of stuff or something? Like, did he drop Probably. His- Concerns me even more is these boys that head scout. You know, there's like some random guy. So he literally goes to games and scouts them. Well, maybe, maybe that means he knows what he's talking about. Or maybe it just means he's a moron. Not a moron, but like this list is horrible. It's either horrible or maybe he's completely right. We're not head scouts for anything. We're head scouts for finding new material to talk about on the Broken Twig podcast. Yeah. Although. Oh no! What do we know though? We're just some. We're just some like biased Leafs fans in our basement. He's someone that actually works for is professional and stuff. So. Yeah. Well. Maybe you get that job when you're older and you're, and then your senior analyst who decides whether or not you make it in is Sam Cosentino. He listens and he reads this epi- to the and fifth episode, episode of the Broken Twig podcast and he fires you on the spot. Bye-bye. Your life mm-hmm. is over. You know, watch what I said. Uh, still, I don't care. I'm just going to speak my mind and say that's a horrible mock draft. Yep. Well, also news, Taylor Hall is apparently maybe going with a one-year deal with the Avalanche to try and win a cup. So, yeah. Arizona it happened. is a pretty good fit. Avalanche have, cap, have enough cap space for it. Yeah, they do. They, they can – there is a fit there, but I don't know. Arizona fans, I mean – Arizona management, they don't have fans. Arizona management would be pretty pissed off if they lost Taylor Hall. There could be a riot with six people. That would be horrible. Yeah. If they lost Taylor Hall, they wouldn't be able to get Aturati next year. Exactly. Although... It be Colorado that's stuck with them. Aturati, very solid player. He does very well in the NHL 20 simulations. I've seen him... On my team, he's become a 96 overall once, something like that. That 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 means that now you know that he must be good. He does well in NHL 20. He'll do well in real life. NHL 20's garbage sim says he's gonna be good. 
Uh-huh. So, yeah, we should trust it then. All right. Well, yes, and I just want to say this that Jock Johnson literally, so I found this thing where it's basically NHL player cards using advanced stats stuff. And Jack Johnson's value, it shows like players' estimated value and stuff. So Jack is literally negative two and a half million. Negative, he has negative value. His value is negative two million. So his only good stat is is possession entry against percentage. Everything else sucks. He lit, uh, yeah. Yeah, and do you know who's one of the top three for that? The Leafs' very own Austin Matthews. Yeah. Which means everyone's saying Dreisaitl is better than Matthews. First of all, be quiet. You're wrong. Dreisaitl is not. Second of all, you're wrong. Dreisaitl is not. Yeah. I wonder where Dreisaitl... If you're if you're ever comparing players, you go through the stats, but also think about if you put them take Eichel off Buffalo, put on Pasternak, just do it like that. How how would Pasternak do if he's playing on Buffalo with Jeff Skinner and Sam Reinhardt? Would he score yeah. 50 goals? Would he score thirty goals? Would he get? Yeah. Would he be able to be a point per game? Would he fall to to fifty points and twenty goals? He'll suck more defensively than he already does. Same with Leon Dreisaitl. If you put Dreisaitl on that on that line, does Dreisaitl get 80 points? No. In my opinion, he gets maybe 60. Like, if you put Kucherov on there, does he get 120 points? No. But does he get, like, 90, 100? Probably. For Pasternak, if you look at this page, he's really good at the offensive ones. He's not that good at the defensive ones. His Corsi is not really that great, but he still has all his Corsi four stats, goals for all those stats, and all the possession four. That's really good. But then all the defensive stats and stuff, it's not good and stuff. So, and also, he, and that's also saying he starts, he had most of his shifts in the ozone, which is really good. Because most players, they start most of their shifts in the neutral zone, like coming off the bench, passing up. He starts more shifts in the offensive zone and then he goes up. Just really big, big, because that really plays a lot. Because if you start your shifts in the offensive zone, you'd be you're a lot more likely to score than if you start in the defensive zone. Yeah. Well, he would look much worse defensively if they actually see, um, if they actually see like. How who he plays with because he plays with Bergeron and Marshan who are both good defensively. Bergeron's won the Selkie before, and everyone knows he's like one of the best in the league defensively. So playing with that, and if you take away those two, how bad does he look defensively? Look at that and stuff because I'm one of the biggest proponents in saying you need to look at a player's whole game before deciding if they're. Good or not, you can't just look at their stats page. And be like, oh, they scored 40 goals. All right, MVP goes to that. You need to look at their whole thing. You need to look at their game and stuff. And I'm not saying you should just use advanced stats. They're not perfect. I feel like you should go out, combine them, use points, advanced stats, eye tests, all of it to point the full picture of a player. So just pointing out a small part in the picture. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's a mistake that a lot of people use. They either use one or the other and not both. And I've and that's like the biggest mistake. Because for example, most management teams in evaluating if they should make a trade, they use advanced stats. And then scouts, they use the eye test, you know? It depends on what you're doing. But well, yeah, yeah, I feel like not much news today, so I feel like that should end this. Today we decided that we are not going to do the mock trades on Capcom. We decided that they're getting a bit too repetitive and stuff. So we decided that we're not going to do this. And I feel like we should end it for now. Yeah, like today was kind of a dry week. So. Yeah, 
Like there was a CBA and his most weeks, there was some pretty big news, but most weeks there's a whole bunch of news. But this week there's not really that much stuff. There's a few big stuff, not really as much. So yeah, I feel like we should end it here, everybody. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. We now done five episodes. Thank you for getting us on the charts and into the top 100 before. No, we're not there anymore, but hopefully you can get us back. If you like the, our podcast, remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Tell us how you really feel. I don't care if you give us one star, but if you do, make sure that you tell us what we can do better, right? I don't like it when someone just says, oh, your podcast sucks, but they don't tell you why. Tell us what we can do better. We'll try to listen to your suggestions, everybody. Remember, follow us on Instagram at the broken at broken twig podcast. We post great content daily. And everybody, thank you for watching and goodbye. <laughs>